Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Everyone say shift. I talked to you a couple weeks ago about leadership. Talked to you last week about relationship. And today I want to talk to you about stewardship. I believe that God has taken us to a new dimension, to new levels. But if you don't know how to shift, you get left out. Yet you end up stuck at a certain level. Upu, you are looking fine this morning, man. Come on, man. Just lift your hands and give God praise for how good you look this morning. I know Leah is looking fine. Dang. Sop you up with a biscuit, brother. Looking good. Looking good, Papa. Looking good, Papa. <laughs> Last week, Pastor Ann and I and a couple other guys went out to uh, watch a Raider game. And uh, on our way out there, you know, I'm, I'm half Puerto Rican, so whenever you can't find Puerto Rican restaurants in, in the Bay, it's just hard to find them. You know, there's Cuban restaurants, but we we're looking for an authentic Puerto Rican place. And we found one. Actually, Pastor Ant did. He knows all the restaurants. Don't ask Yelp. Ask Pastor Ant. <laughs> And so we, we went to the, found this one Puerto Rican restaurant that's inside a bar in East Oakland. Inside, not a bar, inside a, uh, a liquor store, close, but a liquor store in East Oakland. So I walk in and we're, we're you know, these guys are just straight PRs. All, these are straight Puerto Rican. I walk in and he goes, what do you want, Papa? Like, <laughs> just felt uncomfortable having another grown man call me Papa. And he kept calling me Papa. And he goes, you want oros con gadules with that Papa? I said, yeah. <laughs> so it was just a little, little interesting there. I don't know why I shared that with you. <laughs> Not really sure. Everyone say shift. <laughs> Look at your neighbor, tell him, get ready, Papa. Get ready. A shift is moving from one place to another to make a change, to change gears or a work schedule. And I shared with you that my daughter, want, you know, we're looking for a car for her, but when she saw that certain cars were, were standard instead of automatic, she just walked away because when you don't know how to shift, it limits your options in life. When you don't know how to shift from a, sing, a season of singleness into married, when you don't know how to shift from a season of bankruptcy to blessing, you don't know how to shift from addiction to freedom, you're always going to have a hard time in life when you don't know how to shift. Yeah. And shifting is valuable. It's vital in order to get from one level to another. Because if you've ever driven around in your car, you know, if you've ever driven a stick and you stay in first gear... You might get to where you're going, but you're not going to get there very fast. And some of you are wondering why you've been grinding gears at certain levels in your life, wondering, God, when are we going to get to that next level? I'm here to tell you that your season is now. High five your neighbor, tell my season is now. No more waiting. No more waiting. Exodus chapter 25, starting in verse 1, it says this, The Lord said to Moses... Tell the people of Israel to bring me their sacred offerings. Accept the contributions. Someone say contributions. From all those whose hearts move them or move to offer them. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. 
Everyone say shift. I want to explain shift to you real quickly. Last couple weeks ago, I talked to you about leadership. That this church is shifting gears from leaders ministering to leaders equipping. Say it again, Pastor Dan. Shifting from our leaders doing all the work to them beginning to equip the body to do the work. The book of Ephesians chapter 5 says, And he gave some to be apostles, same prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints. For, for the equipping of the saints. That Greek word equipping means to set a bone. To take a bone that's broken and put it back together again. I want you to understand that your leadership has been placed here to help set the bones in your life. We get many people that walk into the church that are broken. And it's our responsibility through the word of God. The word is a splint. It begins to put things back together. It puts pressure on those things that have been severed. The word of God begins to put things and brings order to those things that are broken apart. That's why when you come in and you hear the word of God, when your marriage is broken, when your finances are broken, when your mind is broken, and you hear the word of God, it is uncomfortable sometimes. And you walk out of here saying, ah, that hurt. Man, that pastor just, what's wrong with that dude? Have you ever gone to the doctor in, in his attempt to help you? He's hurt you? When my daughter had, had leukemia, she'd have to have spinal taps. And I remember the, the, the pain she would go through. And after, there were times, they, it was a very delicate process. And the time that she would go through those spinal taps, the pain that she would go through, after she would get done, she would always look at the doctor and say, thank you. She would always say thank you because she understood that the pain was to help her heal. I need you to understand that the word we preach is for a purpose of bringing healing. We want to see your marriage restored. We don't want to see a broken marriage. We don't want to see you limping through life. I want to see you operating at your optimum. So there is a leadership where we are going to get the body of Christ equipped, put back together again, so that you could have be lacking nothing in your ability to minister for Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. We are going to a priority, priority shift as well. That, that we, we called it last week a relationship. That we are going from events to relationship. That many of us are looking for the next conference, looking for the next service, looking for the, the next event. You don't have to wait for an event when Jesus is part of your life. You don't have to wait until Sunday service. You don't have to wait until Wednesday night Bible study. All you have to do is have a relationship with the God of heaven and you have the ability to call down glory in the midst of your situation somebody say amen and so we have to shift from events to relationship we talked about last week we had the whole church stand up how, how many remember that and we begin to ask how many of you were born here how many were born into this church how many of you were saved in this church and then how many of you transferred here you came from another church and i was scared when i saw how many people were still standing we got a lot of work to do. God never called us to build churches through transfer growth. He called us to win souls. And that's what we're called to. That everyone, and I asked you last week to write down your 10 most wanted list. Some of you didn't do that. 
Write down your 10 most wanted, and we're going to pray for them. We're going to believe that those 10 are going to get saved by the end of this next year. Amen? Somebody say amen. And this morning, what we're going to talk about is we are going to talk about a ministry shift, what I call a steward shift. Everyone say steward shift, which is going from consumers to contributors. From consumers to contributors. What am I talking about? Do you understand that we operate the church life the same way we do when we go look for a restaurant? What's the ambiance like? What's the music like? We pick a place based on the food that they serve. Oh, I don't like that. That was too spicy. That, that wasn't spicy enough. It does, they don't do this, that. They, and we begin to judge things. And we begin to judge everything based. We, we live in a Yelp society. They didn't serve me right, and we yelp it. They didn't take care of me, and we yelp it. And all of a sudden, we started letting people know how, how bad we were taken care of, or we didn't like this, or we didn't like that, because we live in a society where everything is focused in on me. And so we pick churches based on what they can do for me rather than what we could contribute to them. Please say that again, Pastor Dan. And many times we find ourselves in that Yelp mentality. We find ourselves choosing things based on what do you have to offer me? How can, what can you do for me? What did you, can you make me comfortable? Uh, do you meet my need? Do you have resources? Are you easily accessible? I got to walk too far to get to this church. I got to go through too much. We got to set up. We got to break down. And we choose churches based on what you can do for me rather than what I can add to you. And the ideal, that ideology has crept into American society to the point where marriages are now destroyed because we go into marriage based on what you can give me. We go into jobs based on what you can give me. We go into our education based on what you can give me. Relationships, our communities, our churches are all falling apart because it's a me-first mentality. Now, you've you gotten quiet because you're just staring at me right now. Because you know what, we're all, and I say we all, because when I point a finger at you, I got three more pointing back at me. Okay? Thumb's not a finger, okay? I know, I know some of you are like, well, that's four fingers, but forget it. Now, I want you to notice this, okay? We all operate in life based on what's in it for me. And at this church, it's time to shift. You're either going to shift or you're going to move to another church where they'll just sit there and feed, spoon feed you. And that's all right, that, that we need spoon fed church people. If you don't want to grow, you don't want to move, you don't want to transform, that's all right. And pastor, are you telling me to leave? No, I'm just telling you this isn't the place that you're going to get spoon fed. Only ones I'm going to spoon feed are the babies in Christ. Let, let, me, let, me, let me go, okay. Let me go on here. See, because... <laughs> Say it, Papa. So I want to explain something to you. We, we can prove through nature that anything that only receives but never gives back will die. Anything in creation, everything has a cycle and it gives back. 
If the rain decides it's not going to go through the evaporation process anymore and go back into the clouds, there's not going to be any rain. And then as a result, the sun will continue to dry up the land. But because the, there's a cycle of rain where it hits the ocean and from the ocean into the, into the rivers and so forth and condensation brings it back up, there is a cycle that goes on. There is a seed that is inside an apple that falls to the ground and that seed inside the apple goes into the ground. It plants another tree it sprouts another root and it become, becomes another tree produces more apples with more fruit and more seeds inside of them and there's a cycle and so whenever we stop giving whenever that thing stops producing a seed it will die when all you do have you ever noticed that the people that all they do is sit and receive never get enough it's never enough they always want more. That consumer mentality. But we were created to give back. Somebody say give back. Yeah. You are wired to give back. That's why when we give, it feels good. But this morning, I want to take you somewhere and get you to understand something. That we were created, each one of us, to give of our time, our talent, and our treasure, according to Rick Warren. Rick Warren says we were to give our time, our talent, and our treasure. Which means this, you cannot give your time in lieu of your talent and treasure. Wow. Well, I don't give to the church because I give my time. Well, I, I, don't, I, don't, give, I don't give my time or my treasure, but I give my talent. I sing in the worship team. Well, you won't sing very long if you're not giving your time and you're not showing up to rehearsal and you're not giving. Because every one of those people that are leading you in worship are people that are givers as well. We won't want robbers as part of the worship team. You, you can't, now listen, you can't give in lieu of giving your time or your talent. All three of these things are vital. You know, some of you are enjoying worship that someone else paid for because you've never given. Some of you are, enjoy, are, are enjoying lights and music that you've never invested in because you've never given. You're enjoying a meal every Sunday in this church from one of our pastors, a meal that you've never paid for or invested in. Because someone else is paying for the meal you're receiving. You're a dine and dash person. Ooh, it's getting personal in this place, huh? I apologize to you visitors that have walked in this morning. Because it's going to get worse. Okay? Look with me, Exodus chapter 25. Exodus 25, stay with me now. I'm going somewhere on this. Look at verse 8. Have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary that I may live among them. And you must build this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly to the pattern I will show you. There's a certain way God wants us to build things. A certain way God wants us to approach him. And so he lays this down, telling the children of Israel, I want you to build a tabernacle so I can be in the middle of everything that's going on here. Now follow me. The couple facts I want you to understand. First of all, the children of Israel have been in bondage for over 400 years. Someone say 400. 400, that's a long time. I'm not talking 40 days, not talking 40 hours. We're not talking 40 weeks. We're talking 400 years of bondage. That's a long time. And many of you have gone through some bondages, some struggles, and you're just praying, God, get me out of this. These guys, 400 years they were living in bondage. Secondly, God miraculously set them free. 
Come on, somebody. I need you to understand something this morning. Some of you would have never been set free had it not been for a miraculous hand of God that touched your marriage, touched your body, touched your addiction, and set you free. It was a great move of God that caused that thing to take place. It was a miracle that you're here. Some of you should be six feet under. You should, some of you should be locked up right now. But the grace, the miraculous move of God, some of you should be 12 feet under. That's how bad you were. But I want you to notice, not only did God take him out by a miraculous hand, brought them out, he was also going to bring them in. I need you to understand something this morning. God doesn't just take you out of something. He takes you to something as well. God did not take you out of that situation just for the sake of having you wander around in a desert. He brought you out of that addiction, brought you out of that struggle, brought you out of that pain, brought you out of that relationship because he wants to take you somewhere. Somebody say amen. It's all about consumers or contributors. There must be a shift. And what God was telling them, you know what, for 400 years, you know, you guys walked around the desert for a while, and all you did was receive. I, I gave you manna from heaven, I brought you quail, I brought water out of a rock, I took care of you, and all you had to do was receive. I'm telling you right now, if you want to continue to receive, I want you to contribute. I don't want you to be just a consumer, I want you to be a contributor as well. And what are you going to do? I'm going to build a house so that when you come out of your tents every morning, you see the presence of God as the center of everything that's going on. Now, now follow me on this. The, the tabernacle was God's presence. It was a representation of God's presence in the middle of, of the camp. And they, they had the camp they, they would set up the tent of God in the middle. And then all the 12 tribes of Israel would camp around the presence of God. And every man's tent, when they walked out of their tent, they would come out. Their tent would face the tabernacle of God. So if you were on the north side, you were facing the tabernacle. If you were on the south side, when you came out of your tent, first thing you saw was the presence of God. When you stepped out of your tent on the west side, you saw the presence of God. Come on, east side. When you stepped out on the east side, you saw the presence of God. I'm here to tell you something. It's time that we start building our homes facing the presence of God. It's time to put God as the center of our homes once again. So God says, I want you to build. So look what they do here. Now, now follow me. We're, we're going to run through some scriptures here, okay? You with me? Yes. Exodus chapter 25, starting at verse 1, it says this. Contributions from those whose hearts move them. Okay? Exodus 35 says this. Let those with generous hearts present. Exodus 35, 21, all whose hearts stirred and whose spirits were moved came. Verse 22, both men and women came whose hearts were willing. Every man and woman was eager to help. I want you to go on to the next in chapter 36, verse 2, says this. He goes, they were eager to get to the work. Verse 3, but the people continued to bring additional gifts each morning. Now, first of all, these were slaves. I ain't got nothing to give. I ain't got no job. These guys were slaves for 400 years. 
And yet, before they left out of Egypt, let, let me tell you something. Before they left after 400 years of serving for free, God says, before you leave, you're going to loot the children of Egypt. And so, ladies, not men, ladies, go to your neighbor and ask them for their gold. Because how many know a lady ain't going nowhere till she get what she wants? A man would have went and said, you know, hey, can, you got any gold? No, I ain't got nothing, bro. So, okay, okay. But the ladies used to work in the homes of those Egyptian women. They knew where the silverware was at. They knew where the goldware was at. They knew where all the things of, uh, of value. So that, no, uh, I'm here to get some. God told me to come take some of your, your gold before we go. I ain't got none. No, oh, yes, you do. I remember you got some in this drawer over here. And then you got some in this drawer over here. And then don't forget about this and, you know, little thing you got over. And before you know it, they walked out with all this stuff. They looted them. God will never allow you to work without paying you back for the time that you put in. It's time for some of you to get paid back. It's time for a shift that you get paid back for the things you did. But I want you to notice what happens here. This is going to get gooder. Hold on with me, okay? Verse 5, notice what happens here. Then they went to Moses and reported, the people have given more than enough. Someone say more than enough. Materials to complete the job the Lord has commanded us to do. So you got the workers. They're there working, and people are bringing gold. They're bringing silver. They're bringing wood. They're bringing uh, their fabrics. They're bringing uh, all of these different things to the house of God. And as they're bringing all this stuff, and the, the people are working, finally the, the, the craftsmen stop and say this, man, there's too much junk here. We got too much gold, too much silver, too much wood. We got too much purple. We got too, we got too much here. So they go to Moses and they tell Moses, Moses, tell the people to stop. You imagine coming into church next week and come, Pastor Matt comes out and says, we're not collecting offering today. Hey, you like that laugh. <laughs> come on, Papa. Everyone's always harping on the church for their collecting of offerings. And rightfully so, there's some abuses. Man, I'll turn on Christian TV recently and listen to these guys on there, and all they're asking for money, send me a $58 seed, send me, and then 58 days, God's going to bless you, or, or thing. I, I, that drives me crazy. It makes all of us look bad. They spend their whole time asking for money so they can stay on TV. No, I'm not. According to this, when God is in it, there'll always be more than enough. When God is in it, there's more than enough. Not just enough, not barely enough, but El Shaddai means more than enough. Not just enough, not barely enough, more than enough. And so I want you, they, they, they literally tell the people, stop. Giving. Imagine next week you come in and we say, listen, stop giving. We have more. All, everyone's PG&E bill is paid. Everyone's mortgages are paid. Everyone's rents are paid. Everyone's car payments are paid. All the insurance. No one has a need. We got the buildings paid off. We got everything we need. Don't give anymore. Only way that happens, look at verse Look at verse 6. So Moses gave the command and the message was sent throughout the camp. Men and women, don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. Come on, somebody. Anyone here have enough? How many, how many still have room for blessing? How many still have room for outpouring? 
How many of us still have room in your bank account for more money? Come on, somebody. Here he says, we have enough. So the people stopped bringing their sacred offerings and their contributions were more than enough in the, for the whole, to complete the whole project. Come on, come on. Imagine having more than enough. Not just enough. Not barely enough. More than enough. Why did God want them to build this? Look with me in verse, chapter 25, verse 22. I'm, I'm going to close right now. If you can help me out here, uh, Vivi. I will meet you there and talk with you. What are they building? Why are they building? So I will meet you there and talk to you. Listen to me. Whatever you're investing in better be able to deliver you in your time of need. What are you building right now? Well, I'm building my house. I'm building my career. I'm building my, my, my empire. I'm building my business. Can that thing deliver you in your time of need? The children of Israel were building something that they knew, a place that they were going to be able to meet God, a place that they could talk to God, a place that they knew. I'm here to tell you, you've got to invest in a place that's going to be able to continue to be a place that you hear God, that you hear God talk, a place to go to meet the presence of God. Oh, that was weak this morning. My question to you is simply this. What are you investing in? What are you investing in today? Well, I'm investing in my 401k. I'm investing in this. Listen, if it is not eternal, if you're not investing in the eternal, you're wasting your money. Savings important. Don't get me wrong. I have savings, and I, I'm, I believe in investing. I, I follow the stock market. I'm, I'm into doing those things. I'm, I'm very wise with our finances, and I'm trying to get our pastors. I, when we moved here, these guys were like, we're never going to be able to own houses in San Jose. I told them, listen, you guys can do it, but you know what? you gotta pay, you got to put your mind to it. you got to make some sacrifices now so that you can get, end up getting blessings later. you got to live like no one else right now so you can live like no one else later. And I'm proud of my pastors. I'm proud that Pastor Matt and Pastor Nick both own their houses. And when they got it, I was so proud of them. It was in the middle of the market going down that they jumped in the market. It was a tough time. It was a stretch. But they did it. They got their Roth IRA started. They got their investments going. Why? Because I want to see them prepare. But they also know how to invest in the kingdom. Follow me now. I want you to notice, those that gave, what was it about them that gave? What was it about their hearts? They were stirred. Their hearts were stirred by God, not by pastor. In fact, the Hebrew word that's used there for stirred literally means the finger of God. The finger of God literally... That tickle? <laughs> that the finger of God literally came and it stirred their hearts. Is that okay, Papa? <laughs> and we come to church. What am I talking about? We come to church and there's times that we sit there and a word goes out and you feel the hand of God stirring your heart. That's what I'm talking about. Why did they give? Is because they had been in bondage for 400 years. I'm here to tell you something. You can't give until your heart is stirred. You can't give until your heart is moved. You can't give until you're eager to give. I can't wait to give to God because of what he's done for me. It's a response of the goodness of God. I don't give because I have to. I give because I get to. 
they were moved, they were stirred, they were eager. And it reminds me of the story in Luke chapter 7 where we see this sinful woman walking in and she walks in with all these religious leaders around and she falls to her face and with her tears, her tears begin to wash Jesus' feet. With her hair, she begins to dry his feet. All the religious leaders look at him and say, if he only knew the kind of woman that was touching him. And Jesus says this, he says, if there was, and I'm paraphrasing, if there was a guy that owned a million dollars and a guy that owed $10 and both had their debts forgiven, which one do you think would love the most? He said, the, the, the one that owed the most. He said, that's exactly what's going on with this woman here. He looked at the Pharisees and said, you guys have been forgiven little, so you love little. She's been forgiven much, so she loves much. What what am I telling you? Our gratitude and love is measured by what we give. I'm not talking your wallet. Not just your wallet. When we serve God, when when we show up early and serve in one service and then attend another, what we're showing is, God, I'm so grateful for what you did in my life. I can never repay the things you did for me. So I'm going to give back not just my time, not just my talent, not just my treasure. I'm going to give you my life. Giving expresses our gratitude. But I want you to understand it's not about equal giving. It's about equal sacrifice. You notice that's why God gives a percentage. You ever wonder why God gave percentages? Wouldn't it be easy? I want everyone to give $10 a month instead of saying giving 10% of our income. Why? Because God knew that equal give, that it's not about equal giving. It's about equal sacrifice. And 10% hurts the poor person just as much as it hurts the rich person. It challenges both. And that as we give, it's, a give it's, a, it's not an act of dollars, it's an act of devotion. You know, you know what's so great about this, that as I'm preaching this, I have never, listen very closely, in my, my 15, 16 years here as pastor, we have never spoken a message about money when we needed money. And this message, if you walk out thinking it's about money, you missed it. It's not about money, it's about stewardship. It's about learning, where can I get involved and donate my time? How can I find and take my talents and get involved and give my talents? And then, lastly, how can I give my finances? How can I trust God in my money? Stand with me as we read 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Somebody say amen. Amen. This is the point. Or the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided. Someone say decided. In his heart, not reluctantly. Or under compulsion. If you're feeling pressured this morning... Don't worry, we're not collecting an offering after this. All right? Not collecting a thing. This is a heart issue between you and God. Do not give reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves. Somebody say loves. Loves. Not likes, loves. 
a cheerful giver. God wants you to be joyful. If, if the usher has to pry your offering out of your hand, <laughs> foot on your forehead, other foot on your chest and pulling, trying to get that envelope out of your hand, you might not be giving it with a cheerful heart. When you have to show up to church and you're getting up in the morning, look at the clock and say, oh, man, shoot, Sunday. God, I got to get to church. A Wednesday at 6 o'clock, oh, man, it's Wednesday night service. Try to go through that traffic, try to get to church. You know what? Stay home. Don't even come. Because it shouldn't be out of compulsion. It should be out of a desire, out of gratitude. Lord, where would I be without you? Where would I be if it wasn't for you? Where would you be right now if it hadn't been for the Lord? These people brought because they understood that God had done something great for them. I want to, want to ask you a question. Based on what you have given, your time, talent, and treasure... Are you a consumer or a contributor? Your attitude will determine the quality of your seed. Let me simply say this as I close. We need you. We need your time. I don't know if you noticed, but on Sunday mornings, I'm out there greeting people as they're coming in between the first and second service, greeted most of you that came in late. <laughs> I'm just playing. No, really. I, I did. I did. Those that were early that still walked in late? Because you're hanging out at the donut table? Why is your pastor out there? Number one, I love you. And I don't want to be one of those people that can't be touched. I'm not going to sit in my office while people are walking in. It's not my style. That's not who we are. You can touch us. You can talk to us. We're approachable. But more than that, we don't have enough people that are willing to become greeters. So your pastor will become a greeter in order to ensure that people are welcome when they come to church. For our leadership and our leadership team, we've trained them. You come to one service, you worship in one service, and you serve in another. That's why we have two services. Because we want to give people an opportunity to serve, to use their gift and their talent. I'm calling you out. Some of you came here as just visitors peeking in. Now you're family. I'm just telling the family right now, your daddy's tired of picking up after you. It's time for the family to get to work. Come on, Papa. Come on, church. Are we family or not? Are we family or not? Do you have gifts or not? Are you talented or not? I look around this room and we got some talented people here. 
There's some people that could start could start a, a sports ministry. We got softball going on already, but we can start different. You're, you're athletic and you have giftings to start ministries, outreaches and things like that. We have so many things we could do. Because of your giving, we were able to invest in a child that, that her dad was shot two days after she was born. And we were able to pick up this child and take care of her diapers and her formula for the next year. Why? Because of you. You did that. We're able to buy 150 backpacks for needy kids and to give those to those that needed it. How did we do that? Because you were able to give. If it didn't happen on our own, it happened because you gave. That's how these things happen. Every Wednesday we serve over 120 elderly every, every Wednesday morning. How do we do that? It's because you give. We're getting ready on Wednesday. We're going, to be, we're going to be walking the land on Wednesday. Partnering with Pastor Frank to start finding a group of homeless community that we could come together and start feeding them on Wednesday afternoons. A, a place that we can get four to 500 homeless people together and just minister to them on a weekly basis. How are we going to do that? Because of you. Because you're going to give of your time, of your talent, and you're committing to God your treasure. Because you can make a difference. We can make a difference. And it's time to shift from being consumers, feed me, to contributors, let me feed you. Amen? Let's put on a towel and get ready to serve. Because in the final things, I've seen it all over social media. At the end of the day, when we stand before God, he's not going to say, well done, good and faithful apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, bishop, evangelist, leader, director, master's commission director. What he's going to say is, well done, good and faithful servant. Bow your heads. Father, I just pray. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.